What do you think of this opening? Welcome back to the COVID show with Patty and COVID. Make sure you check out all of our past episodes by logging. I'm sorry. Oh, God, don't make me laugh. I don't want to cough again. Well, you're the one who started it, not me. <laughs> I know. Uh... Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. <laughs> I sound like shit and I know it. Oh god, that sounded like crap. Make sure you check out all of our back episodes by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also click on that uh, subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would appreciate that. Engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the watchlist pod. And if you just happen to listen on Apple, please give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. Hey, Patty. Hey, what's shaking? Uh, well, guess who came knocking at my house for the second time? Oh, man. And its name rhymes with Schlomid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so it hit. The, so the other day I tested and I didn't have it. It, it the test came up negative uh-huh. and Laura and, and Laura and I both got sick at the same time. So Oof. we figured that we were both at the same event and mm-hmm. got sick. Mm-hmm. We tested today or yesterday and boy, those tests didn't wait a minute to tell us we were positive. Wow. Wow. Like, like, you know, like barely hovering over the thing and poof. We were both positive as fuck. So, which means our listeners benefit because I've watched a lot of shit. Oh, true. Yes. You you know, it's bad when you, when you get sick and, and I think everybody does this too. They find a comfy position on the couch yeah, or in a chair or something and you just kind of hunker down there and it becomes your base of operations. Within reach, you have something to drink, maybe something to nibble, some tissues. You definitely have a blankie of some type. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just like feeling miserable. Yes. Well, and today is the day I lost my taste and smell. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh... And we ordered Chinese food yesterday because I thought that it would do well with my sinuses. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I tasted most of it yesterday because the leftovers I tasted today, zero. Hmm. Nada. Nothing. Man. That sucks. That's all right. That's all right. There are people going through far worse in the world. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yep. But my sickness is everybody's gain because I, have, I watched stuff that was horrible. Stay the fuck away from it. Oh, cool. Stuff that was meh and stuff that literally made me cry. Oh. That it was that good. So, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah? Yeah. All my sickness, knock on wood, has gone away. Well, that's good. That makes one of us. Yeah. Oh, man. So, folks, I am so sorry if I sound like crap. Please forgive me. Um, put up with me. This will be a relatively short show. I guarantee you. Okay. Because, because, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to start by touching on something that you had touched on before. Okay. 
So remember when I mentioned God awful? Yes. Shotgun wedding. You felt it was God awful? Shotgun wedding on Netflix was was just Oh my god. That's the J Lo what's his head thing and Josh Duhamel. Yes, yes, that guy. Yeah. I have seen rom-coms before. I like rom-coms. Mm-hmm. I think rom-coms can be cute. I think rom-coms can be funny. This one is like a rom-com cliche market on steroids. See, I kind of liked it. It was dumb at points and goofy, but overall it was kind of it was just goofy enough that it made uh. me laugh in parts. I'm pretty sure my review was relatively positive for it. I, I just could not get over the, the, you know, the suspension of disbelief happens in every single movie. Yes. Every yes, single movie, because none of what you're watching is real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just could not get over it. The The twist in it was actually kind of clever, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. And I won't mention it, because if you care to watch it, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but, oh, my God. It was just, I, I just couldn't get over its stupidity. Hmm. But, hey, that's all right. Maybe I got the brain fever. But Shotgun Wedding is on Netflix. I watched no, a lot not. of Netflix, actually. It's, it's not? not on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I am so surprised. Like you said, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, like I said, I it's on it Amazon Prime. I'm like, I don't remember that being on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, well, yeah. <laughs> but if you have Amazon Prime, find something else. Well, I it's mean, free to watch it. So if you're a fan uh, of yeah. J-Lo and Josh, yeah. give it so, a go. Because I thought it was just goofy enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're into rom-coms and stupid rom-coms, and I'll tell you what, J-Lo is charming as fuck. Yeah, she you know, becomes kind of a badass, you know. She, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but this movie, uh, okay, um, but the movie was released overseas, just not here because it debuted on Amazon Prime, right? And it worldwide, it's only made seven, like almost eight million dollars, like seven million nine. Ooh, that's kind of sad, isn't it? So I hope they made their money up front selling it to Amazon Prime. But anyway, so that is one movie that I have. All right. What what have you got to start us off with? Remember how I was railing on Netflix? When? And I was Just saying, the other day or oh, always? Or... Forever. Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, Just price versus what they have. Right. Correct. Okay. So being sick also affords you the opportunity to really investigate shit Mm -hmm. because I got HGTV'd out, man. I mean, there is only so much house porn that I can watch before like just my brain melts. So I decided to explore Netflix a lot. Okay. So I'm just going to do these kind of rapid fire. I watched the woman King. Okay. That is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I was very surprised that it was on Netflix Um, because I haven't seen like a major movie show up on Netflix in a while. Yeah. I feel like. I feel this. Like they usually go to Paramount Plus or HBO Max or 
even Peacock. So we watched it, and it was good. I, I will go on record, it is good, but I'll tell you what, there's this whole controversy about it not being nominated for Oscars. And I think, and this may be a very unpopular opinion, that while the subject matter is very interesting, and I think people should go look up um, this, this tribe that actually had thousands of women warriors as their protectors, I thought that that was badass. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of controversy about how Viola Davis was not nominated for the Woman King. Mm -hmm. And her performance, while good and solid, I have seen her be better in other things. Ah, okay. And I think that if the movie was going to get nominated, it would have been for two other actresses in the movie. Mm. And there is one, Lashana Lynch is in this movie. And she actually played Brie Larson's best friend in the movie Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Yeah. She she is one of the aforementioned badasses mm-hmm. in this movie. She's she's great. She's amazing in this movie. And there is a there is a young lady by the name of uh Thuso Mbedu. And you're actually kind of seeing the story through her eyes. And I thought she was incredible in this movie. Okay. So I I think that while they wanted to put up Viola Davis because she is the biggest name in this, although John Boyega is in this movie playing the king of the village Mm -hmm. that these badass women warriors come from, I think that they would have done much better nominating these other two ladies. Okay. But The Woman King is on Netflix. It's definitely worth watching. It's a good one. We should watch it. It's it's a good one. You should watch it. Okay. The next thing I watched on Netflix is The Witcher Blood Origins. Or should I say I watched, fell asleep on half of it and woke up during the the bits that I really needed to pay attention to. You know, I watched watch- that at all as well and didn't even write it in my book. Wow. Yeah. Do you watch The Witcher? Oh, yeah. I watched The Witcher. Yeah. So any of you out there who has watched The Witcher, this is a a four or five episode, really quick kind of um, mini series, if you would, about the origins of how witchers were made and how the universes. There's something that they mention in the uh, in the regular Witcher called the Convergence, how that happens. And then the very end scene during the credits, you kind of see how the story of the Witcher Blood Origins ties in with the main Witcher. I fell asleep on most of it. I'm not going to lie, straight up. I, I fell asleep on most of it, but I did not miss a thing. Yeah, I I remember almost nothing. And meh. I mean, it wasn't yeah. that great to... Really? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of characters on there that are really cool, but overall, you're not missing anything if you don't watch it. But, yeah, that's The the Witcher Blood Origins. Now, um, before I get on to to the other stuff, there was one other thing that I watched 
Well, there are a couple of other things I watched on Netflix. But the last thing that I watched that was just meh. The Mayfair Witches. You said you watched that, I right? I did. I cannot remember if I actually officially reviewed it or not. And it was okay. I mean, it was fine. But I know there's been more episodes and I haven't felt the need to go back at all. Well, and that's exactly how we felt. So we watched the first episode and Laura said, well, you wanted to watch this. So why don't, why don't we watch this? And we watched it like, okay, hope it gets better in episode two. Yes. That's... And it didn't get any more interesting. I mean, you can get where they were going. And if you are a fan of Anne Rice, it almost feels like an Anne Rice novel because Anne Rice will grab you and then lose you in the meandering writing of all the backstory of her shit and then bring you back to the main action. And I remember that's how it felt when I was reading The Witching Hour. That Which is I how never I finished, felt by the way. Reading every single Anne Rice book. You're you're oh, going, you got God. some action, it's happening, and then like blam. You hit a wall as she tells you yep. this five chapter backstory history of something that has that's just plods and it just drags. Word. And totally. the witching hour then, was lousy with that shit. And Oh my God. Uh, yeah, and this the paperback? The paperback is a thousand pages. Yeah, the book is a is a massive beast of a book, and it's because you could rip out all of those chapters of back history shit and have like a probably children's novel that reads so much better. Oh my god! It, like the first part of the Witching Hour grabbed me by the balls. It was great, mm -hmm. and then just as I was getting back to the action around page like seven. 50 or so i was like fuck this i'm tired yeah i i feel like when when i got through all that stupid back shit and it comes Blech. back to like where we were i was so lost at where it left off i had to go back and right. read like the last chapter of the actual action happening yeah yeah it was that yeah well. hard and the show while it doesn't seem to have like hours of backstory there is a little bit there somewhere i don't know if that was yeah. in episode one or two to be honest with you i can't remember they, they, but it, uh, it didn't feel as like draggy but at the same time the whole show is kind of dragging like we're not the whole getting show is kind of where like the meat of the story like i know there's like a meteor part that's coming but i'm like do i want to wait to get there right Right. Am I, is it going to pay off once I get there? Once my waiting, is my waiting going to pay off? And, and the statement that you said is exactly how I and we felt like, I don't care to see another episode of it. Yeah. I'm not, not sure that, you know, no shade toward Alexandra D'Addario or anybody else on that yeah. show or Danny Houston or anybody like that. But, um, bleh. yeah, yeah, just meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And um, the first two episodes were free to me, and I forgot, but you need a Showtime subscription Am to watch AMC them? Plus. Yeah, or AMC Plus. It's AMC Plus. Yeah. Right. Um, All right. Let's see. How, I'll how many dive more? in. Yeah, you go. You go. With one of my two. Um, 
So this first one is on Peacock, and it's called Escape the Field. It's a movie. It's about six strangers who've been kidnapped, and they wake up in the middle of a cornfield, but they're all spread out. And each one, like when they wake up, they have some kind of an item next to them. Like the girl we wake up with, she's got a gun next to her when she wakes up, and it has a single bullet. And, of course, this guy comes through, the, it's a cornfield. The guy comes through the corn stalks, sees her. She points the gun at him, and she's terrified, like, thinking he can't be trusted. And he happens to have some matches on him. That's what he woke up with. And then they slowly meet each other people, and they're trying to figure out who brought them there, why they're there, and they got to solve these puzzles and... This movie felt very much like one that I saw called In the Tall Grass that was actually written by Stephen King, and it's infinitely better and creepier. This one, it feels like they they started like, like The Cube, if you remember the movie The Cube, where all these random people are kidnapped and thrown into the cube, and they got to get through these different puzzles to try and find their way out. Did you see The Cube? I did not see The Cube. Well, that's, well, it feels like that where these people are, they don't trust each other, but they have to trust each other to work together because, I mean, they're going to survive because these random, like, people get suddenly dragged away and don't come back in the field. And it just, uh, it felt, as I went on, it was like, so what's the point of this? Where are we going with this? And we never mm. got there. They're solving these puzzles that see, it's like a giant cornfield escape room but you never get out the door and you don't know why you're there in the first place well that sucks a lot of it felt predictable like you see the girl like they show you the cornfield and just goes on infinitely but the one moment she looks up she sees this giant tree so you know go to the tree Right? Because that's how it always works in these movies. And there's one person, the one person of color that shows up, honestly has no redeeming qualities. And I kind of really hated her because she was, she was just stupid. Well, that sucks that she had. Yeah. Like, like she's just like, I won't trust any of you and I, I'm better off on my own. And I'm like, okay, you're going to die. And, she just was very combative and fighting with everybody. And who put you in charge? I'm like, well, nobody put you in charge. And and I just, I couldn't understand her, what was going on with her. She seemed very, like, I don't know. I just, the movie, Escape the Field, is shitty and don't watch it. It's on uh, Peacock, so that's where you go to avoid it. That's about all yeah, I have to say okay. about Escape the Field. <laughs> watch In the Tall Grass. It's a little bit creepier if you want people who don't know how they got there wandering around where they can't see where they're going and creepy shit happens well and i would be against a movie that just had angry black character for the sake of having angry black character yeah uh, yeah i don't know if uh, yeah so there is a movie on peacock that you and i both watched though indeed Violent Night. Yes, I finally got my Santa movie in. 
I know, right? <laughs> we late, we had planned had to watch in. this like weeks ago around Christmas. Yeah. And um I, Laura was like, "Yeah, fuck it. Let's just throw it on." Cuz we're just trying to find shit to watch to occupy our time, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I did too. We have nothing else better to do but be sick on a couch. Mm-hmm. It was stupid and I liked it. It was so goofy and stupid and funny as fuck, really. Yeah. I, 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 I really liked it. And I'm like, this is going to be my new yearly Christmas movie. <laughs> we'll watch Die so, Hard, Violent Night, and then The Hogfather. That'll be my Christmas night or Christmas Eve night. Yeah. And speaking of Die Hard, they actually make fun of themselves in this movie because it is truly Home Alone meets Die Hard. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And. It revolves around this family that gets together at their richest fuck family compound when a whole bunch of people come to commit a robbery. And the shenanigans happen from there. But the main part, which is cool, is that the sheriff from Stranger Things, um, David Harbour, he plays Santa. And not just Santa, a very R-rated Santa. Yes, he's a very disgruntled, jaded Santa. And and he is that way because not only are people not believing in him as much, but the world is full of people who just want and want and want. And children who just want and want. And Santa, where's my XYZ thing? Yeah. Right, just give and me a I gift just card, want cash. And yeah, or cash, yeah. So he's jaded, and he just happens to go to this house because this little girl is there. And he gets caught up in everything that's going on. <laughs> there are some really inventive kills in this movie. Yes, yes. Santa is a badass. The backstory on Santa is is really good, too. But did... Okay, so without revealing too much... I kept asking Laura, did I miss anything? Because they only seem to have two shots of the backstory. Um, that's of... all you needed, really. <laughs> you didn't need a whole lot more. Yeah, he tells her the backstory. How... She, he tells her. He explains it to her. It's a li- it's a little bit of the shots of the backstory, which you saw, right? And then a lot right. of it, him telling her things, him talking, storytelling. All right, we'll, him... we'll talk about that off the air. Yeah. All right. At least that's off what I recall <laughs> anyway. Okay. But um, I'll tell you what. For a movie that actually blatantly tells you it's going to rip off two other movies, it does it kind of well. Yeah, it really does. And it's, and it's fun and silly and stupid and R-rated mm-hmm. for language and violence. It's violent as fuck, yeah. too. The code um, names but, for the robbers I thought was fun. Yeah. You got But it's yeah. it's good. It's good. And the opening scene where they introduce Santa in the bar. Oh god, that was great. That was great. It was was very good. It was on point. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking oh, now, um did I see right on Peacock that it's leaving soon? Well, I don't know. You're asking me questions I'm not paying attention to. Anyway, I mean Come on, folks. It's like, you know, two months after Christmas. So if you're going to see it, watch it or save it till next year. But it's definitely worth a watch. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. And that's Violent Night on on Peacock. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the la- last week I teased that I was going to review Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. I'm going to start with the problem with this movie first. Okay. As everybody knows, as I have talked about before, as we have all talked about before, you have to have seen a lot to to be able to understand what is going on in this movie. Okay. And if you do not watch Loki, you won't even, you will not understand not only what is going on in this movie, but you will also not get one of the post credit sequences. Actually, both of them. In other words, Marvel is to the point where if you don't keep up, you're kind of lost. And they don't like try to explain it to you. They are assuming you've seen it all. Correct. And it is. They do spend a lot of money making these TV shows and these movies so that they don't have to give you a recap in their newest thing. Gotcha. But you have to have seen a few other things before you see this movie. Mm. Now, what I do like is that they turn Ant-Man into kind of a badass in this movie. Okay. And they explore the quantum realm because um, Ant-Man's daughter, during the blip... Scott was trapped, or Scott Lang, or Ant-Man, was actually trapped in the quantum realm Right. when the blip happened. Mm-hmm. And Hank Pym and his wife and Hope Van Dyne were all blipped out. So they could not bring him back from the quantum Correct. realm. Correct, right. So she grew older while he was still trapped in the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him, she was trying to build, along with with Hank Pym, a way to, it it was like a beacon so that Scott could find his way out of the quantum realm. Gotcha. But Michelle Pfeiffer's character, the wife, was like, holy shit, no, turn that off right now, turn it off right now. And then they all get sucked into the quantum realm. And the wackiness ensues from there because they meet... Kang, who is the big bad of the new phase of Marvel. Okay. So Jonathan Majors, who, I tell you what, if you have not seen Lovecraft Country, you mm-hmm. should watch Lovecraft Country. That is some, that's some great stuff. That was a damn good show. Stuff. But because of that, I am so glad that he is getting so much work and, and all of that. But he plays Kang. And Kang is trying to get himself out of the quantum realm so that he can take over all realms. Mm -hmm. And it's up to Ant-Man and and crew to stop him. I I like this movie. Okay. It's been getting some short shrift, but with any of these Marvel movies anymore, you also don't need character development. Yeah. Because if you watch the original Ant-Man, that's all the character development you need. Mm -hmm. And... With other things like Loki, they're the ones who set up the plot and the why things are happening. So you can just jump into this movie and go, all right, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. I liked it far more than I liked shit like The Eternals or even Captain Marvel or um, 
you know, going back a ways, the Incredible Hulk and all right. that other sort of shit. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Okay. Do you need to see it on a big screen? <sighs> Probably. Okay. Just because, you know, details are minute in this movie. And it looked really good. I'll tell you what, though. The sound in our AMC theater was on point. Oh, that's good. Oh, my God. It sounded so good. But anyway, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So what are the requirements ahead of time? You said Loki? Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to see the the Marvel series Loki. Okay. You need to see the first Ant-Man. Okay. Um, and the second Ant-Man, actually, oh, because you have to understand. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, when the Wasp showed Ant-Man up. Ant-Man and the, the Wasp. Okay. Right. Um, you also need to at least have a background in the multiverse. Okay. And all that other sort of shit. So well, doesn't, um, I would say. Loki kind of gives you that multiverse, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you watched Loki and the other two Ant-Man movies, you should be okay. Okay. All right. Now let's see. One more thing, and then you'll get into the thing you really hate, which is such Uh, a primer. Yeah, another one I didn't care much for at all. (laughs) Eh, Shit. Um, The Fablemans. Uh Uh-huh. And we rented that movie. Ah, So Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, you cannot stream it right now. It is only in theaters, by the way. The Fablemans, we rented. Okay. So we rented that for six bucks on on Hulu and everything, and is and it is the semi autobiographical life of Steven Spielberg. Ah, uh, okay. My only issue with it, first of all, it it's beautiful to look at. It's beautifully acted, and you see this boy who falls in love with the movies when his parents go to take him to see the greatest show on earth. When he's a little kid. Okay. And he is just blown away by what he's seeing on the screen. And it affects his life so much that he spends his life pursuing that passion. And the family has to pick up and move because of the father's job. And because of that, that takes them to California where the young kid, who's a teenager by then, experiences anti-Semitism because he's in a California school instead of his tried and true neighborhood and so forth. It is a time in Spielberg's life that he addresses and why he loves movies so much and how he makes them. I just didn't feel like there was an end point, although I guess that's the point of the movie, mm-hmm. that he's still making movies and still going, right? You know. Right. But I'll tell you what, The Fablemans is pretty good. Is that one nominated for Oscars? Oh, yeah. Actually, the big one. Best Picture as okay. well. Okay. Best Picture, Best Score, yada, yada, yada. It's got I a mean, bunch it's of nominations. Okay. Yeah, it's got a bunch of nominations. But it's good. It's really good. You should, you should, you should watch it. What was the shitty thing that you saw? So, um, this week, the two things I saw, they are both things that Dwight picked out to watch, by the way. This one is a movie on Amazon Prime. It's called Control. It's a sci-fi movie, and it's it's one of those things where you got the 
the main person wakes up in this room. They don't know where they are. And this vo robotic voice, computer voice, talks to them and tells them things to do. <sighs> You've seen it before. It's all the same shit. But this woman is locked in this room that looks like it's soundproofed. Because it's got the little pyramids on the wall. Like sticking out from the wall. I don't know how else to describe it. And this robotic computer voice tells her to, she's, she's strapped to a chair, by the way, and there's a table in front of her a few feet away with a pencil on it, and the voice tells her to move the pencil. I won't tell her why she's moving the pencil, it just tells her, move the pencil, and if you don't do it within this period of time, I'm going to kill your daughter. Oh. And I'm sitting here with Dwight going... She probably doesn't have a daughter at all. Uh, you know, it's just telling you that because she can't remember shit. She doesn't know how she got there. She doesn't know what's going on. And uh, slowly you get her memories as she, like, with her mind manages to somehow move this pencil. And then the, the tests just escalate from there on things she's got to move. And as she does it, she passes out and then... She has dreams of this little girl on the beach and blah, blah, blah. It's much the same shit over and over again. And, you know, I've seen this sci-fi movie before. Just mm. done in other ways. Not even better. Not, But sometimes worse. Oh. Sometimes just marginally better. <sighs> you don't need to see this. You just don't. It's called <laughs> Control. There's nobody uh, that I recognized in it at all. And it's on Amazon Prime. And don't waste your time. Really, just don't. Just find something else to watch. Anything else to watch. Wow. This is not worth your time. It really wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So the last two things that I have. The Gentleman. It is on Netflix and it stars Matthew McConaughey and Michelle Dockery. And it's a gangster picture directed by Guy Ritchie. So if you haven't seen any other Guy Ritchie movies, as much as they are full of, of some action, they are also full of dialogue. Okay. So I would equate him as being like the British Quentin Tarantino. Ah, okay. So you kind of need to pay attention to what's being said. Mm -hmm. But Matthew McConaughey is the head of this uh, marijuana empire in and around London. And he entertains thoughts about getting out of the business so that he can actually enjoy his life. Okay. Well, the wackiness ensues when word gets out that he's trying to sell his empire. Mm. And I can't explain any more than that because that's when all the when all the double crosses happen and and the story ensues. But I'll tell you what, if you're looking for a, a different type of gangster picture, it's really good. How does Michelle Dockery fit in? She plays his wife in the movie. She plays Matthew McConaughey's wife. And she runs, actually, this is really cool. She runs a high-end automotive shop that is actually where most of the workers in it are women. Oh, cool. Okay. So all the mechanics in there are women, and it's, it's just badass. Okay. 
And there's this one shot where she gets out of a car dressed to the nines and she's wearing her damn Prada shoes. Oh, my God. It's high end. It's very posh. Nice. But anyway, that's called The Gentleman on Netflix. And the last thing that I have is a movie that we came across. And the only reason we watched it because it stars Colin Firth. Hmm. And... It is called Operation Mincemeat. This is a movie that is the best movie I've seen all week. Okay. And it is about an allied operation to actually thwart Hitler and make him think that we were doing one thing while we took another piece of land. Oh. And it all was dependent on using a corpse and plant the seed that we were going to do one thing when we were actually doing another. Hmm. And the corpse actually held the information that they wanted to get to uh, the, the Axis powers. And all of it was based on a, like everything was hanging by a thread and it's a true story. And it stars Colin Firth as sort of one of the masterminds of all of this. First of all, incredible story. Just, it is a spy story that, and they even say this in the, in the, in the, um, in the prologue of this movie, there are spies and then there's other spy shit going on like the very covert spy shit that you never see or never hear about. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those stories. Okay. And it is a movie that made me cry at the end. Oh. Interesting. And, and I, I, well, I've already said that they use a dead body. Mm -hmm. And it's a true story. So it's not like I'm spoiling anything. But what they wanted to do was use somebody nameless and faceless, you know. Well, in there's a point in the movie where the sister of the man who's dead comes to claim his body. Hmm. And the allies have to say, but he's part of this operation. And they try to convince her to let him her or to let them use his body to do this well at the very end of the movie for years and years and years no one ever knew this man's name and they show you his actual grave oh, wow. and they put his name on on the um, service man's, because they actually, quote, end quote, buried that soldier who they made up mm-hmm. because he was a war hero. But then they put the actual name of the person on the grave to give him the due respect that he was owed for his part in that operation. And when when they showed that, I just, I, I cried. Aww. It was, it was... To me, that was just very emotional. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry, folks. I usually don't give away the ending of a movie. But again, the the whole thing about this movie isn't 
you know, the end of it or whatever. It is how you got there and the interesting parts of the, even the, the smallest detail that they actually had to go through to make this actually happen and be believable. So where did you find this movie? We were just thumbing through Netflix. Oh, so it's on Netflix. Okay. It's on Netflix, which goes back to the whole thing I had about Netflix, which was, should I cancel Netflix? Because mm-hmm. it's full of, you know, mediocrity. Yeah. And, and, I, and I belay that a little bit. You can find quality on Netflix. Hmm. Do I think they do a very good job of showing you the quality? Probably not. Because once you get your algorithm going in Netflix. It's hard to find this stuff. Yeah. Right. So we're just thumbing through shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Colin Firth. All right, let's go. Yeah. And yeah. poof. And because of that, other things showed up, like the like the the gangster movie with with McConaughey, the gentleman, the gentleman. Okay. So you kind of have to fuck with the algorithm of Netflix sometimes. Yeah. But quality is there. And when Netflix has the Woman King. The gentleman and Operation Mincemeat going for it right now. That's the kind of thing that makes it worth 20 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Not this bullshit that they keep putting out, you know, superficial action shit, whatever. Find those movies and you'll do and you'll do well. Yeah. And that's it. That's what I got. Yeah, I only had those couple of things. Thanks to David, by the way. Shout out to David. Hey, David. I, I really want to see this movie so bad and fuck COVID <laughs> because I because when we were all at our Super Bowl party, me and a few other guys were like, I really fucking want to see Cocaine Bear. I really want to <laughs> see Cocaine Bear. So we were all trying to make plans to see Cocaine Bear and it opened this weekend. Well, fuck my life. I get COVID, so I can't go see Cocaine Bear yet. But David sent off a thing that it's already gotten like really, really, really high marks on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, like high meaning good or high meaning bad? I'm never sure what Rotten Tomatoes scores mean. As of yesterday, it got a 100% on Rotten meaning Tomatoes. Meaning it's bad that it's really really great. People really like it. Okay. okay. Yeah, it, it's really odd that they name something Rotten Tomatoes. If you get a really high score, it's actually a ripe and beautiful tomato that you would like to use on a sandwich, okay. as opposed to the green the green stink bomb if you are 50% or below. Gotcha. Okay. And then HBO ordered a prequel series to It mm. called Welcome to Dairy, where it focuses on the origins of Pennywise, the clown. Mm. Yeah, there's that. And the thing is, the first... It, okay. Did you watch the original It miniseries starring uh, um, John Ritter and Tim Curry? Uh, Tim Curry? Maybe. It would have been like billions of years ago. Yeah, it was like 89, 90, yeah, some maybe. shit like that. I it was almost it, nothing about it, so... All right. And that was good for its time. Mm-hmm. The new It's... That came out a few years ago. The first part was 
spooky as fuck. It was really good. The second part was way too long. But it was still creepy and good and a good horror movie and all that. Okay. I don't think I want to. I just don't need a prequel. Yeah, I don't need need any of it. I don't need any of it. Anyway, so that's that's all I've got this week. That's all my voice has this week. All right. Stupid COVID. Anyway. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. You made me laugh there, Patty, and it hurts to laugh. Sorry. Sorry. That's uh, all right. Click on that contact us button. Let us know what new things have you seen. And if you see Cocaine Bear, please hit us up on social media and let us know. I'm dying to see it. I am really dying to see it. <laughs> um. And also engage with us on social media at symbol the watchlist pod at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. That's that's it, man. I got nothing else. I've got like two percent energy left. All right. But odds are I'm going to watch a whole bunch more shit in the next few days. Excellent. So next week we'll have even more stuff. Nah. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, take care. All right, I'm gonna go and get my space back on the couch. I think I'm gonna watch do more the stuff. Thing. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody, you take care, and we will talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. okay bye. bye.